Welcome back to our 360-degree entertainment podcast in Mindsight. Here you will get everything. So stay, leave a like, and and give us 10,000 bucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> and sponsor us, please. Well, um, Yasin, my wonderful co-host, how have you been doing? Have you gotten any sponsorship um, deals until now? I wish, man. <laughs> Given that we've advertised Blinkist so much in the last episode, I hope they would just kind of reach out, but no. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> the last few days since we've recorded the last episode, uh, what has happened? Three well, days not ago. much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of administrative stuff for uni, as always. Mm. But other than that... You should become really president of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> for sure so much administrative you? stuff you're doing there man <laughs> yeah have you have you done anything exciting in these last yes days? lots of sports lots of sports well um yeah first of all i think it, yeah two days ago i came to my parents home again to visit to pay them a visit because i've nice. been in munich all well a lot of uh, long weeks <laughs> And only have one exam left, so I yeah. figured, yeah, that might might make sense. Other than that, um, you might have already noticed that I got a slight sunburn. That's because yesterday oh, yes, I went. No, I <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, um, yesterday I went hiking with Hannah and um, um, how was it called? IT student friend of hers, and man, it was amazing. Yeah. We. We went like into the Alps. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was like 1,000 meters of height or something, which which is okay. It's a bit sporty, um, but the most amazing thing up at uh, at our destination there was a lake, like a motherfucking nice. huge lake where you could swim in. The water was <laughs> was 15 degrees only, um, so it was very cold. But it was so worth it, man. After you've been sweating all all the way up, man. Jumping into that water and swimming to the island in the middle of the lake. <laughs> oh, it was such sweet. amazing scenery. I, I definitely got to show it to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know how the lake is called? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can send it uh, to you later. <laughs> okay, sure. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Man. Yeah, it's so it, it was very nice. But now, like I'm, huh? <laughs> so there's a lot more exciting stuff than yeah, me. yeah. I also <laughs> learned for my exam, which is not that exciting, I suppose. But yeah, now now I'm a um, a wreck, like physically speaking. <laughs> yeah, my legs are killing me. <laughs> but well, it was so worth it. <laughs> well, with the exception of the sunburn, maybe, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, this week's right. episode will be about finding our passion, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> all that bullshit. Yeah, all that bullshit, <laughs> man. Yeah, so 50% oh. of our viewers already know their passion and they can now tune off. And the other 50% <laughs> also please tune off because we will only be talking shit stuff from now on. No, no. <laughs> Do do you really think that fifty percent of people actually know what their passion is already? No, I figure it's like a process. You know, 
there's always more to yeah. find out about it i mean there there's probably a very small percentage that can really really back up what they're doing right now and don't see any way of of improving their life uh passionately <laughs> <laughs> okay okay wait this is a weird definition so okay let's let's try to maybe yes. kind of define it what yes. do you think H how does it feel or what what well, is it thanks like that, that you give me the hard question passion. here <laughs> <laughs> what is no, true we're passion trying to figure out okay we can start with what it's not i suppose because that always gives an insight <laughs> okay. into what something is i learned that argumentation sure. skill in philosophy <laughs> um, <laughs> <I figured laughs> yeah yeah um now uh if you look in my notes you find a diagram it's like a venn diagram of um a venn diagram by the way is like if you have two kind of uh how is it called in english man two man i need that 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 definition sorry sorry people hang in for a second um hang in for a second okay yeah that's let's call it that um if you have like two quantities of something for example um um students and females and if you like uh, the amount of uh, those who overlap, that that's overlap. like yeah, and the overlap are like female students, more or less. I don't know whether that works out in this that yeah, specific yeah. example, but um, what we see here is like a Venn diagram where different categories overlap, and those categories are what I love, what the world needs, what I get paid for, and what my strengths are. Yeah, and. Passion is one of those overlaps. And if like all of those things overlap, that's your purpose in life. Like what you get paid for and what the world needs and what you love and what, where your strengths lie. That's, that's your purpose in life. Yeah. But passion in that diagram is the overlap of what I love and what my strengths are. And yeah. Right. So first of all, we see, okay, passion has nothing to do with um, what you get paid for or what the world needs. <laughs> it's mainly yeah. just um, something that that you like, which I definitely agree with, I suppose. Um, and hand in hand with, I guess, what you like is also goes also like what your strengths are. Like if you remember from school, maybe a subject... Um, where you are not as good as, uh, like, for example, let's take maths. If you're not good at maths, you wouldn't call that your passion, even though you, you might uh, love the small little riddles, the Sudokus or whatever <laughs> you're doing. If you're not good at something, it's very... If you're not good to some degree with something, it's very hard to call it your passion, right? Yes, par partially agree. You can be I passionate mean, about something, even though you're not good at it, but I would say it's not your passion then. Passion is something okay, like okay. in your life. <laughs> All right. So, so, okay. So you're saying that 
if you're passionate about a thing that you're not necessarily good at, it yeah. means that it's not your true passion or you're not truly yes. passionate about it. You, yes, you just I, I'd say so. enjoy I doing consider, it. I, I guess passion more of a more of some something higher than than like a feeling more more like ah, it's difficult to explain like you know that the, the term like you're calling or something it doesn't fit right yeah it, exactly on this here it's similar though i guess passion <laughs> uh okay. it's it's so it's hard. it's hard it's hard to put in words yeah, yeah it's hard because hmm interesting okay well <laughs> man yeah it's hard to define because let's get back to that diagram that mm -hmm. diagram uh for the people out there maybe some know the i think it's a japanese concept uh, which is called ikigai which mm -hmm. basically means purpose or calling or whatever and that's basically what's in the middle of those four sections but as it is already said passion is kind of the overlap between what you love and what your strengths are. Of course, if you're lucky, then what you love and where your strengths are can also be something that you can get paid for um, or something the world needs or all of them. Let's say, for example, you're really, really passionate about uh, human whatever, trafficking, uh, AI. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Let's not let's not take that as, as an example. <laughs> let's say you're really passionate about uh, about uh, kind of AI development or whatever, mm. and you really love it, but you're also really good at it, and it's definitely something you could you can get paid for, and to some extent, it's also something that the world needs. So you know, you've That's got your debatable, perfect... of course, but yeah, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. In some cases, I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, there's even the concept of kind of making uh, your passion your job or more or less like that. Like if you just yeah. do YouTube as a hobby or something, you can go professional with that. Sure. Um, but the problem I kind of have or if with you this know whole... a, lot, a, lot, a lot about something, you can put it on Skillshare. Our sponsor <laughs> of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> They're not oh, our sponsor, man. disclaimer. No. <laughs> but still, if you haven't, if you don't know what Skillshare is, maybe just a quick, make a quick summary. What well, Skillshare is basically Netflix, but for education for and skills. for learning skills and actually, and actually learning useful stuff instead of watching series, hmm. which I also do occasionally. But uh, yeah, Skillshare is just a great platform to learn all sort of skills from photography to video editing to entrepreneurship to whatever, everything you want to learn. It's probably on there. And usually from, you know, like very, um, from people who are experts in their field and all that, or famous productivity YouTubers like Ali Abdal or Thomas Frank or whatever. Um, so yeah, go check it out if you haven't so already. <laughs> <laughs> and use our discount code in Mindsight50 for a 50% that no. Yeah. Would be would too be good cool, to be though. true. Would be cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe Skillshare helps you find your passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah, yeah it's a great way to learn stuff. But what I want to get um, back to, what I actually want to say, your is own that bonsai trees. the problem I have with what? 
Skillshare might help you find your your passion in life. Maybe it's sewing. No, it's called sewing actually. Um, or growing your own bonsai trees. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> okay. So the problem I generally have so with like the, <laughs> the problem I have with generally with like this whole purpose passion bullshit on social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is that usually what you hear is that, you know, you have to find your one true passion and your one true calling, the the reason you're on this world and all that, you know? No, that's and your purpose. Person, sure. I mean, that's yeah, okay. not your purpose. I mean, <laughs> I mean, those words are usually used like synonymous. synonymously. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, the thing of you have to find your one true thing, or if, if you don't find it, you're going to be miserable and you're going to waste your life away and whatever. And when I was younger, I definitely kind of fell for that. I was like, oh man, I, I can't start like, um, like committing to something unless I figured out what my passion is and what my calling in this world is and all that. Mm. And now I'm at a point where I realize, okay, for one, maybe there are some people who are like born and know exactly what they want out of life, which is very unlikely. Well, I that's think. probably because their parents um, forced them to do that <laughs> or sure, indoctrinated it with partly. the the belt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for sure, that can be part of the reason, but I think... It's also just very unlikely that even, let's say, even when you're 14 or whatever, or you finish high school, that you exactly know what you want. And even mm. people who claim to do so usually, usually don't really. Um, what I've kind of found out is that the best way, at least for me, to approach kind of finding my passion and my calling and all that is to just try stuff, you know to not wait for something to kind of fall in my lap one day mm. for me to wake up and be like, Oh man, yes, I have to become a radiologist. That's what I have to do. That's <laughs> my calling. That's my purpose. That's my passion. Um, no, it's actually just trying stuff and actually a very cool approach. I kind of found on from some YouTuber, um, was that he was also kind of criticizing this whole passion thing and was like, Hey, look, this is an approach that has worked for me. And I really want to try it because it sounds really nice. It's that basically you make a list of all the things that you're interested in or that you want to try out. Um, let's say, you know, video editing, learning the piano, uh, learning how to bench 50 kilograms, whatever, you know, just random stuff that you always wanted to try out. Um, and you just make a list of it. And after that, you choose one thing and you do it for a certain amount of time, let's say a month or even a year or whatever suits you best, you know? Mm -hmm. And after that period of time, you kind of go back, evaluate whether or not you liked it, if you want to continue to pursue it or not. And it's just a very cool way to, you know, not get kind of stuck in analysis paralysis and try to <laughs> find your passion by reading nice articles on Business Insider. You know, it's the best way to just try different stuff for a certain amount of time. The longer, the better, usually, because if you're just trying for one week, then most likely you're still going to have that initial kind of motivational burst. And then 
everything's going to seem like it's perfect. But for example, with programming, I've done it for almost a year now. And there have been so many ups and downs and all that stuff and so much experience going along with that, that I can now more accurately say whether or not I actually like it or not, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, just choose something, do it for a certain amount of time. And through kind of trial and error, you, you're going to kind of find the direction you actually want to go, you know. What do you think of that? <laughs> Several thoughts on that. I, I suppose, yeah. Um, man, first of all, yeah, yeah. So many things sound cool in textbook, like I don't know, becoming king of some country. <laughs> but yeah. without actually doing it, it can be, uh, yeah, very much not your passion if you get to know that kings in your country are decapitated and average two weeks after their uh, in in habitation or whatever you call it. <laughs> That's a bad example right now, yeah. Um, second of all, yes, I agree. That's a way of finding your passion. Like um, going through all the things you like and picking them out and trying them out. Um, I would not say that it's a way for everyone um, because you need to be very self-reflected. You need to have a sound grasp on your feelings and emotions about a topic and maybe also turn off your head a bit um, because it might seem very logical for someone to maybe even take a year off to try out programming even though they don't know whether that's something for them or not I don't know, maybe like you did um, so you need to turn off your logical brain matter a bit um, I mean if you're young I definitely support you there. It's if, if you're still young and don't have any major responsibilities or stuff, you, you can take a year off to find out what you want. Um, as a um, further approach, if you're not as self-reflected as you think you might be, or uh, in general, what you should do is maybe also ask um, friends of yours what they think. Like, man, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What do you think my calling, my passion, uh, or my purpose, or whatever is, from your experience? Yeah. Um, maybe make the questions a bit easier because otherwise you get like, yeah, man, a strip club or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or similar stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that might be a, an alternative approach if you don't consider yourself too reflected about yourself. So. I definitely advise sure. you to think on your own first, like take over responsibility for your life a bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, wait, just one I, thing still. Um, okay. I still have a list of other things you could try out. But first of all, I want to hear your thoughts now back. <laughs> all right. Um, so also partially agreed. Um, partially. The only thing I'm <laughs> only <laughs> partially, I'm, man. I'm just, yeah, only partially. Um, well, you said that kind of. I mean, sure, asking like, your friends and family, people you are close to, and people who know you, kind of mm. give you also an insight into what they think could fit you. Which I've all. Yeah, I, Obama done, helped me out a lot. Remember, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said asking people that are close. <laughs> Yeah, right, 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 right. 
Um, but I've also uh, done that with people, also with you and uh, kind of other people that I'm close to, and the responses have been pretty interesting. Um, I mean, sure, that's an interesting way to kind of gain a new perspective, mm. but I think it's way more important to actually try the stuff you think could be a good fit for you. Because you can think yeah, but if you have no idea what to try, then... and I mean, yeah, but that's a really unlikely position that you have no idea what what interests you or what you could try out. I like, mean, again, example, you could take the approach: what I what do I don't want to try? <laughs> sure, and that's Why a good not? way to kind of fit it out and then figure out what you do want to try. I mean, for example, people who are uh, I don't know if there are any, but maybe there are some people who are continuously listening to our podcast. Mm. That means they're probably interested in productivity and all that. Yes. And maybe that's something they can try out or whatever. You're doing a blog about productivity and whatever. You know, there's usually there is always something that you could be interested in. Or people like to play video games on the PlayStation. Maybe that's something that you could try out more seriously. I don't know, man. There's always at least one thing. I think it's impossible for someone to not have at least <laughs> one single thing to try out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's uh, at the end of the day, way more important to actually try the stuff for yourself uh, for a reasonably long period of time and then figure out whether it's something you want to kind of pursue more seriously or not. Start a podcast, um, people. Start so, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the beginning, I for sure was very... Um, how, how, how do I say this? Skeptical of starting a podcast, uh, just because skeptical. every time I listen what? to my, You're yeah, out, just man. because Strike. every time, <laughs> <laughs> no, but every time I listened like to my voice and stuff, I was like, this is terrible. Nobody's gonna listen to this shit, you know. <laughs> and still, <laughs> to this to day, myself. nobody listened to us. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but yeah, in the beginning I was like. Who's gonna listen to me? Like, I mean, I figured you yeah, right. voice and stuff. <laughs> You're so great, right. Who's gonna listen to me? <laughs> you know what? What? What the fuck? But yeah, now it's just they're all here really... for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but now it has become just like not only like a habit. We just do it every week, and lately, two times per week. It's just just fun man it's just i really enjoy it and it's yeah, great yeah. to kind of have those discussions and uh, gain new insights and all that so yeah that's basically my main advice i think just try stuff out and then figure out if it's something that you like or not Bam. problem solved no. let's get on with other issues <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you sell software uh, now after solving uh, world hunger previously and giving everyone a passion in mm. life let's go on with i don't know making the lizard people our friends <laughs> yeah exactly that's okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the next thing on the to-do list yeah sure. um, well okay now that we're already in the section of how how to find your passion um I think it's um, always a good idea to get different perspectives um, because I consider finding your passion somewhat similar to finding a subject you want to study. Yeah, sure, there are people that 
know exactly what they want but there are so many people after finishing high school that have no clue on where to go and what to do it's kind of a similar thing like only that like we maybe have like the money part the money aspect a bit mixed into it as well um sure and what's always useful there is getting new perspectives that's why i also um suggested like asking your friends like where do you think you could belong or what are you good at maybe they say like oh man yeah you're always so so passionate about uh <laughs> well again passionate and passion i differentiate in a bit but maybe you're always so passionate about i don't know human trafficking in the sense of you want to abolish it or, <laughs> or what who knows well, maybe, maybe you, you want to go to amnesty one. international or something and therefore it's always also a good idea to meet new people randomly yeah. hey i want to grab a coffee Ah, no, pervert, stay away from me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why um, is that how it works out yeah. for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just described the typical dating process in your life, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, man. Um, yeah, self-reflection. And, well, surrounding yourself with the people uh, that usually make a positive change in their lives all the time um for sure it i don't know yeah. from my experience it works out so well for me like just by hanging out with somebody who um i don't know gets up early and has their life uh very much in uh control <laughs> makes me motivated to not uh cling to the student life where i get up at 11 a.m and rather getting up earlier but in, for the sake of my productivity not like uh an idiot who thinks that getting up at 4 a.m is making you more productive like <laughs> just more of, yeah. of of the personal experience of myself that i really am more productive in the morning <laughs> we discussed yeah. that topic thoroughly already and yeah. We debunked that shit. We de debunked <laughs> it, yes, man. <laughs> we solved another yeah. world issue. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Surrounding yeah, yourself with people that making that are making a positive change all the time, like in also in consulting for me, it's just some motivating and giving you new perspectives on what you could try out, where you could go in the future, and maybe there are job yeah. opportunities you never heard of before. So. That's for so sure. Those are my thoughts on it. By the way, I got that also, those points also partially from a blog. It's called Very Well Mind. You can find it in the description, I suppose. <laughs> sure. um, right. So, yeah, I agree, first of all, with uh, that kind of finding the right people. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just so important to, to find people who inspire you and motivate you and all that. And, kind of crazy force ideas you all the time. to yeah and kind of force you to level up a bit in, in your own life because as you said you see someone who like has a healthy consistent sleeping schedule and after uh, he or she uh, wakes up goes for like a five kilometer run and then studies uh, for four hours and finishes all the work for the day and then goes to the gym and still works at a consulting firm in his free time and then you know people like that you're just like okay damn Man, that's yeah, yeah. I got one possible of, if I eat. 
I got one of those persons in my friend group. Friends group. Man, she's so crazy. <laughs> I, I really got to get her on the podcast. <laughs> sure thing, man. Open, open invitation to join mm-hmm. us. Is, is she from the consulting or? Um, she's from another consulting firm in Munich, but yeah, she's she's also studying physics. <laughs> oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Open invitation. Whoever yeah, wants yeah. to come on and has interesting ideas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Come on and share those interesting <laughs> ideas. Okay, man. Okay. <laughs> um. Maybe. A suggestion. We could get more on. Um, back to the meta level of defining passion and stuff and asking ourselves like why why exactly though why, why do exactly those two things need to overlap like what my strengths are and what i love for passion to to spring out <laughs> okay yeah sure um okay yeah Not i can also we approach this yeah or just start if you already have okay i I already have something from philosophy from last semester a bit prepared perfect (laughs) yeah um but sure if you have some thoughts on it then then go ahead why is it okay maybe also ask why it's why is it not important for you to get paid for you for something to be your passion You mean for me personally or just and, and, and in general? I guess in general. Or is it important for you to get paid for to define something as your passion? Maybe the diagram ah, is for, shit and we can uh, over-discuss yeah. it. <laughs> Overthink it a bit. Yeah. Sure. Well, the thing... I don't know. Uh, the way I find that passion in this diagram is not in the most fortunate position to be honest because yeah it's true okay it's what's missing out in your between... opinion well i think it's just not differentiated enough in that you can absolutely also simultaneously get paid for your passion and can also be something that the world needs or you know it could be something that you love and the world needs but that could also be called passion it's not your mission and passion is there really a difference i don't know but that we um, if, if a third thing overlaps we also have an additional uh definition like if you also get paid for it then that's your career like if it's something is, is your passion and you get paid for it that's what you call your career or <laughs> should call your career oh uh, wait now now i see that wait uh yeah. okay ah, okay and what your strengths are what you love and what the world needs is your calling what the world needs what you love and what you can get paid for is your potential i find those terms really wishy-washy in a way because I mean, it's, yeah, it's not a um, 100 page philosophical uh, article about sure, it. Sure, I mean, yeah, but I mean, between calling, cause, and potential, how how would you <laughs> differentiate between those three? Because I mean, career is clear, but calling, cause, and potential. Well, potential is something you could uh, potentially. Um, succeed in i suppose because the only thing in potential that is missing out from all the three things overlapping is like your strengths Uh, if it's not your strength then but you still have a huge potential in there and you could like improve uh, in in that topic i don't know maybe it's ai Uh, maybe you love ai (laughs) that sounds wrong Uh, and 
AI, the world <laughs> needs it, and you can also get paid for it, like IT stuff as usual. But you're not very good at it, and then you have a huge potential in there. You could improve your strengths in in that um, topic. Then the other two are a bit more difficult, like calling and cause. Um, let me see what what are overlapping. It's your strength. It's what you love. It's what the world needs for calling. And for cause, it's what your strengths are, what the world needs, and what you get paid for. Good. Well, I'm I'm also a bit over ask um, on how cause exactly fits in there. But for calling, I suppose it makes sense, right? Like intuitively. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, I think calling in this case is usually what people think of when they think of passion, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Because maybe they. Yeah. Maybe they add like the world also needs that. It's. <laughs> but personally, because I actually think you know, no. For for passion, it's not necessarily that the necessary that the world needs what you um, love to do and what your, where your strengths are located, right? Sure. You could be passionately well, cutting your bonsai trees. <laughs> the world doesn't need that, but you love it, and it's your strength, man. Hmm. You're gonna get a lot of shit from bonsai trees cutters on Instagram, man. Yeah, they're gonna come yeah. for you. No, really um, appreciate it. It's well, very, a, a very interesting art form. Training your trees. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually called that, I suppose. I, I think. Training your trees. Yeah. Okay. You're training your trees. Well, look. The thing is, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> the thing is, that's a problem because in this diagram, I don't think it's like sufficiently well defined which of course is not really the the aim of of the diagram but usually what what people think of when they think for example if i were to say to my parents i'm gonna go and pursue my passion whatever that is <laughs> they're probably gonna think okay so you're gonna be broke um and you're gonna kind of become this type of guy who like uh, lives in um how's it called lives in the like train station and sleeps mm. there and kind of pursues what he loves because he thinks he may become an overnight success and all that. That's usually what people have in yeah, mind when you think yeah. of passion. If I can jump in here, um, uh, I think sure. I will know also where you want to get it there. Um, but that's exactly what passion in this case is, right? Because if it's purely passion, if it's purely passion, then you won't get paid for it and then you will probably land in the train station. <laughs> well that's the thing it doesn't have to necessarily as i yes, said you but if, also if an additional aspect comes in there like you can get paid for it then again the definition broadens or like the overlap um focuses okay, on right. the career thing then right okay sure sure and i think it depends from person to person yeah um yeah what's something uh yeah, if something could be called like a career option for them or a only passion. Maybe right. they also mess up the getting paid for aspect because they're shit at, <laughs> <laughs> at oh, getting man. a job or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I now see how much I actually, actually struggle with defining passion. Yes, it's very much philosophical. In my here. mind, <laughs> in my mind, honestly... I'm a little more pragmatic. I'm just like, okay, 
do I like it? And am I kind of good at it? Mm. And if I, if it's also something that happens to, um, be able to pay my bills and it's also something that the world actually may need someday in some shape or form, uh, cool. But <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. What do you don't know? Like what, 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 where, where are you still struggling with this? No. <laughs> is it, well, is it that you, you see just... again, passion and purpose a bit more synonymously also? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I usually use the terms passion, purpose, calling. Okay. Not cause maybe, but passion, calling and purpose. I usually use them synonymously. Mm. Um, because I never ever think about that stuff all too much. I mean, I've known this diagram for a long time, but yeah, it was always in my head, like, okay, if I can kind of, as I said, if I love something and I'm kind of good at it and I can get paid for it. And it's also something that kind of helps some people in some way, then cool. It's great. Uh, but if not, then it's, I still considered my purpose or my passion or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think that's I don't necessarily. I think that's exactly what we were trying to figure out here right now to come up with um, more sound definitions because in our daily speech we are using those terms uh, wishy-washy like a politician um, and we want to get a more sound grasp on it right and we decided on talking about passion in our life uh, or in general in this episode and maybe now we noticed, okay, maybe we don't actually mean passion because passion is only um, a sub-thing of purpose and purpose is maybe what we want to talk about in this episode more, right? Well, and in our daily speech, it's, people are not differentiating too much between all those things. But they have their own like subtle uh, details to them that we are missing out in that way. And we try to come up with them. Maybe that's that's solving the issue. I don't know. Wait. Well, I didn't have an issue. I'm just trying to see because I've seen the diagram a few times in my short life. <laughs> oh. And yeah. usually the descriptions are very different for like the overlaps, you know. Yeah, I'm sure, so sure. I just took it as randomly from the internet. No, no, I'm not, no, but I'm just saying that uh, I'm just trying to see if there are any other kind of definitions of the overlaps. Because mm, possibly, man, possibly. Mm, let's see. Well, For example, one 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 thing I found that the overlapper now passion is between what you love and where your strengths are. Um, in some diagrams it's called your hobby, you know, it's not even called your passion. It's just called mm -hmm. your hobby. <laughs> I think that is passion in that diagram actually... as well. No. Okay. Well, no, yeah. there's this hobby, your profession, your calling and your mission. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, I think calling it hobby would be probably more accurate, at least for me. If you say you love it, you're good at it, but it's neither something that the world necessarily needs. Like if you want, if you love to collect uh, Barbies, then you know, <laughs> and you're good mm -hmm. at it, finding good deals on eBay, then cool. But you're never gonna get paid for it, and it's not actually something that people necessarily need in their lives. Um, 
Sorry um, to all the Barbie collectors yeah. out there, you know, and then you could say, okay, it's a hobby. And then I would say what's in the middle of all of those four sections is actually the passion. Mm, no, not, not for me, I think. Not for <laughs> <No>. me. <laughs> okay. Not for me. Um, passion for me has this very much emotional ring to it, that feelings are attached to it and that money doesn't matter and that okay maybe a bit what the world needs can also go into that where we already discussed that a bit um but for me passion has, has this very emotional ring to it and that's why i think it actually yeah fits into the, what i love and maybe what my strengths category is and we don't need to look at it as as logical as a um, purpose in life that where all things are overlapping Was that a bit uh, politicianly talk as well right now? Or I'm not sure what you mean by uh, by looking at it more logically and calling it purpose. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Okay. Um, in the section of what my strengths are and what I love, I think that's a very, very subjective section. Um, and if you just listen to the word passion, it seems like something you you can support and can stand behind um, with in a very uh, subjective way. And I think very much um, emotional qualities are very many uh, emotional qualities are attached to that term passion. And if you look at the other section of our uh, diagram we discussed right now, um, that's more of the objective section, I suppose, like the what I get paid for and um, what the world needs, like solving hunger and and all of that. And yes, because passion has this like very much emotional ring to me, I would put it into the emotional okay. section of the diagram like they did it here. And purpose okay. is like the unification of subjective and objective, something you can support from every um, perspective in your life right okay <laughs> that was very yeah yeah <laughs> but we don't mm. need to agree on it maybe maybe we also want to move on yeah. up to you you can also again yeah. ask um yeah yeah discuss with me about it <laughs> sure um let me just let me just think for a bit. no worries take your time okay. take your time <laughs> okay subjective Hmm. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, we could go into the nitty gritty and argue that everything <laughs> ultimately is subjective. You know, what the world needs, sure, you can measure it with like kind of objective criteria, you know, solving world hunger and all that. That's definitely something that's good for people, but it could be also something that's pretty hard to grasp sure. for some people. What, for example, there are like, um, do you remember a, a few years ago? those little things that you can pop on onto the back of your smartphone so you can hold mm -hmm. it better with your, like your finger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was actually like a company started by some 40, 50 year old in America. <laughs> I, I saw a, like a video about it and, you know, obviously people were like, what, what, what the fuck are you trying to sell? Like, <laughs> you, you, what is this? You know, and maybe he loved it and maybe he was good as, at product design or whatever. And he was getting paid for it at some point and paid very well, you know, in the millions. Uh, but 
to many people and still to me personally, I don't really see the point of it. And I still consider it pretty much useless. Um, but for yeah. some people, it may be very well life changing, you know, having this little thing on the, onto the back of your phone. Um, so yeah, we could go into the nitty gritty and argue, you know, ultimately everything is kind of subjective and also what you're good at or bad at. Some people love to sing, but have a terrible voice, but they consider themselves to be actually pretty good at singing and go into choirs and all that and want to have a solo concert. Uh, you know, and maybe they're getting paid for it, but only because people are kind of feeling bad for them or whatever, you know, it's, it's kind of, we could go into all that. Man, dude, stuff, I, I but... don't get what you want to tell me with this argument right now. <laughs> I know it's Back up the phone things and, and, and singing and I, yeah, no, I'm yeah, just saying I, that I... it's highly, <laughs> everything is highly subjective. Very sound There's argument. No... <laughs> Yeah, just listen, yeah, man. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no objective part in this diagram. That's what I'm saying. Ultimately, true, true. Everything is highly subjective. That's my argument. But that, that doesn't and mean that really we shouldn't try to define stuff. Like in the no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying that uh, because you said passion is kind of this very emotional, subjective thing, uh, which I agree with. But I think mission, vocation, profession are also usually very subjective things. And but you make no, but from a needs. linguistic perspective, I meant um, instead of um, um, what's man, that's that's like from a linguistic perspective, from the definition of the word, um, passion is more emotional than mission, right? You think so? What you love and what the world needs, kind of a priest. No, but just from just from the preaching. linguistic perspective, from um, or just from hearing the word, I think. Yeah, I guess we should we should move on, man. <laughs> Otherwise, we go <laughs> we, we get nowhere. But I but I liked that we discussed out things a bit more thoroughly right here now. Um, now, why? What I also still wanted to answer, maybe in a bit of a monologue right here now <laughs> from from the philosophical stuff i already mentioned um why is it so important that your strengths are in in like the passion category or whatever you want to call it hobby or <laughs> whatever floats your boat man <laughs> um or why, why does it like also in finding the purpose of your life um it, why is it so important that it's something you're good at um there's like this psychological theory called self-determination theory. I already mentioned it, uh, I don't know, 10 or 20 episodes ago. And this theory <laughs> yeah. suggests that people are able to become self-determined when their needs for competence, connection and autonomy are fulfilled. Um, self-determination in that sense means that, yeah, I guess you can become like intrinsically motivated for something like you want to add, uh, you, you want to de determine like the outcome of your life there. You want to work for this. You're motivated for that intrinsically. Um, if you have um, connection or relatedness, like people need an experience, a sense of belonging and attachment to other people. Um, if you have autonomy, like you need to be in control of your goals, behaviors and stuff. And now this uh, is where like the what are my strengths point. Um, it's the competence. People need to gain mastery of tasks and learn different skills. 
when people feel that they have the skill needed for success, they are more likely to take actions that will help them achieve their goals. And we very much see purpose, or in this sense, passion as something you need to be intrinsically also motivated for. Like, yeah, what, what, what I love, I suppose. Like, per if you have your purpose in life, you will be 100% backing you up. You, we will support it. And you can only get that if it's um, your strength, if it's what you love, if, what, if it's what the world needs, and if it's maybe what you can, can get paid for, even though that's not 100% necessary, in my opinion. But yeah. <laughs> nice one. Okay. Wanted to drop some psychology here. <laughs> Don't know whether people can get something from it. But um, yeah. Now. If you don't have anything to add, then let's get into an article of Mark Manson. <laughs> mm, nice. What did he say? Well, um, Mark Manson, by the way, is a guy who wrote um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Duck, right? Very nice book. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a duck with right. the F instead of the D. I think, didn't he write like more books yeah sure but i yeah. guess that's one of them everything is yeah everything is ducked love is not enough yeah all kinds of books. okay okay yeah and he wrote also on his blog markmanson.net <laughs> um about finding your purpose and he called it like seven strange questions that help you find your life purpose and we can go through some of the stuff he asks. Um, okay, well, the first one is a bit strange and I didn't read through it exactly. But the second one is like, what's true about you today that would make your eight-year-old self cry? <laughs> that question is supposed to help you find your purpose. <laughs> wow. Damn. I don't know if there's actually... I don't know if there's actually anything that would make my eight-year-old self cry. Um, that's hard, man. Do you have Do you have an answer already, or um, I, just... I also have to think still, but um, man, what would make my eight-year-old self cry? Well, my first kind of my my first reaction would be there isn't actually anything that would make my eight-year-old self cry. Um, Man, okay, yeah. I guess there are a few things I, I messed up in life, but... Um, yeah, sure, but I mean, nothing like, all too major. But purpose-related, I suppose. Back then, I thought, man, why do people work that much? <laughs> <laughs> you could just chill out right. the whole day. Why aren't you doing that? And like nowadays, I'd like to believe that I have no free time. Obviously, that's not true. If you want to do something, you can can always find the time for it if it's important for you enough for you but yeah um maybe that's some some of the point that i like maybe to work too much <laughs> mm. that would make it them sure. cry but i'm maybe okay my eight-year-old self maybe similar to that kind of um the fact that i've uh, kind of changed career options i think when i was eight i i was pretty much kind of set on on the musical career you know 
I mean, not sad, but I was just like, yeah, I like to play the piano, the violin, so I'm gonna do something with that, and I'm gonna become a composer, and it's gonna be fun and all that. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't think I would have ever considered, like, something in IT or mm. law or whatever. Uh, but I don't think it would make me cry. It would be just like, oh man, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the answer to this question is supposed to tell you what childhood passion you lost to adulthood and what activity you should revisit just for the fun of it. Well, okay. I'm actually doing the stuff that I was passionate about because I'm, I still am. So, mm -hmm. But nice Very exercise. Nice. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what makes you forget to eat and poop? <laughs> look at the activities that keep you up all night but look at the cognitive principles behind those activities that enthrall you because they can easily be applied everywhere else yeah as well well yeah. what i've noticed is that usually i just like to do hard stuff mm. like what keeps me up at like 2 a.m in the morning i mean not yesterday that was just i was just feeling like it and was reading But usually what keeps me up that long um, is just new stuff I'm trying to figure out. Mm. And new stuff that seems kind of a little bit out of my, not only of my comfort zone, but just out of my uh, abilities and for which I have to like really focus and um, like do some deep work, you know, focus for hours on end and kind of yeah, really yeah. dive into the topic. That's kind of the stuff that really in a way fulfills me and what I'm trying to like implement more to do like stuff that seems a little bit out of reach. Yeah. That's my answer. Well, um, what keeps me up all night are in my uni assignments and obviously they are what I <laughs> like as a suggestion, uh, as a question suggests, that's what I truly enjoy doing. And that's the activities yeah, sure. I also might want to check out that I really enjoy. Yeah, obviously. No, um, <laughs> but actually, my answer is quite similar to you. Um, usually, when I pick up some something new, um, new hobby or, or anything or something I want to know more about, that's what keeps me up all, all night long, like the starting phase of learning something new, where it's not yeah. boring yet because you're on a plateau, but where you really are making progress, like, or, or just building something. Like when I, when I got Lego back in the days <laughs> as a child, <laughs> when I got like a new, um, yeah. yeah, Lego project to build on, man, I used to stay up so long just to finish it because it was so much fun building something, figuring yeah, out something yeah, for yourself. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Want to move on? So what, what's that question supposed to do? Oh, I already told that. To uh, I told, told that, but um, what you truly enjoy doing and what other activities to check out that you might also enjoy. Okay. Well, but building apparently Legos. you also enjoy them. Yeah. Legos yeah. is, <laughs> okay. you know, there's a YouTuber um in in germany called held der steine like in english you would call that hero of stones or something <laughs> and he's okay. doing lego videos he made his passion his his purpose i suppose <laughs> nice Let me look uh, yeah. he's quite funny i suppose okay what's the next question um 
How can you better embarrass yourself? Embrace embarrassment, feeling foolish is part of the path to achieving something important, something meaningful. The more a major life decision scares you, chances are the more you need to be doing it. Yeah. That's that's 100% true. That's usually what I try to do when I notice that I have some like internal resistance towards doing a certain thing and usually stems from like the fear of uh, appearing incompetent or whatever that's usually what i try to do mm. <laughs> that's usually what i try to force myself into um how could i embarrass myself more well one thing that's like more emotional not necessarily like career oriented is um this kind of emotional vulnerability thing you know to be more yeah. open about my emotions and um, to not put a wall up all the time and all, all that stuff. Um, Man, that has been your wall is longer than the Great Wall of China. You will have a hard time yeah. tearing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. Well, no worries, no worries. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the kind of emotional vulnerability um, because it's kind of I'm not all that used to it because I've kind of suppressed it for some years. Uh, now it's mm. Uh, kind of embarrassing sometimes to to force yeah, myself yeah. to kind of talk about that stuff you know you need to get used but, to it first yeah 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 and i feel like i'm getting like from one extreme to the other extreme <laughs> to like for a few years i've kind of suppressed it and now i'm like getting back to um stuff too getting much very easily under my skin yeah not not too much but uh, stuff that usually that beforehand didn't really uh, I didn't really care about suddenly really gets under my skin without me wanting mm. for it to do so. Um, that has been a quite uh, an interesting experience. Yeah, man, I guess you need to get yeah, to know like, both of, of the extremes the to, to get the balance yeah. right. Yeah. Um, man, for me, I think this question goes hand in hand with my principle of doing whatever makes the best story on your deathbed. Like, <laughs> because usually, um, embarrassment and stuff and overcoming like your imperfections and your, where you usually embarrass yourself. Those are usually the, like the hero stories. Yeah. The, the, the tales that people yeah. tell of, um, past Kings that whatever did, <laughs> did whatever. <laughs> and that question really goes hand in hand with that principle of mine, I suppose. Um, for me personally, I guess I need to put myself into yeah into those those um into situations that i have no experience handling it uh, handling them with um because those are the most most difficult situations for me um <laughs> i get very uncomfortable because i have no idea what to do and haven't figured out a plan uh, beforehand on how i want to tackle yeah. this and maybe public speaking and stuff fits into that category i mean I, I obviously i'm doing a podcast right here yeah but um in front of an audience like yeah just Very just different. putting yourself out there that's that's difficult standing up for your ideas yeah. and getting in the criticism and dealing with it that's yeah so. maybe that's that's something that could embarrass where, where you can easily embarrass yourself um but where you can learn a lot from and yeah 
yeah, um, I guess that's my answer. Um, the question is supposed to tell us what scares the shit out of you for good reason. Um, that you should stop making lousy excuses and start doing something, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. I don't know how long do we still have in this episode. Maybe maybe let's do one more question. How many questions? There are still three questions left. We can also uh, just skip our usual question part and um, answer those here. Let's do all of them. That's interesting. Okay, okay. Like we skipped the first one because I don't know what he wants to get at with it. But (laughs) how are you going to save the world? You're not going to fix the world's problems by yourself. (laughs) <laughs> if you're not called uh, in mindset, but you can contribute and make a difference. And that feeling of making a difference is ultimately what's most important for your own happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. Mm. How am I going to fix the world's problems? Obviously, our podcast um, is very much contributing yeah, to it sure. because we are telling people how to, I don't know, how to how to overcome the human condition. <laughs> Maybe we're doing something that some of some people might need out there. Would be cool if you let us know. Um, from you personally sure. at the moment, I suppose I'm either going to change the world through scientific findings, which I'm not doing that much of right now, or with mm-hmm. the consulting right. thing because it's I'm doing it like voluntarily right now and helping out like those. NGOs and social firms all around the world. <laughs> so, right, trying to do something. Mm. Well, for me, honestly, I just want my mansion in Italy, and I don't. Twelve really children, <laughs> good pizza. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, good wine. How could I change the world? Well, honestly, the best way for me would probably be like through entrepreneurial efforts mm-hmm. and especially trying to to change stuff let's say for example in Romania or countries like that uh, that really need like not only financial support but uh, just um, fresh wind let's say a new generation that's actually <laughs> uh, motivated to change stuff and to not just accept uh, the way things are you know and just hope for the best all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, that was probably the best way I could actively change something. Nice, nice. The answer to this question will tell you what problem problem you care about that's larger than you, how you can make a difference. It's probably that something that that fits into um, what the world needs category of our imperfect diagram that we show <laughs> yeah um okay that's a nice one i think gun to your head if you had to leave the house all day every day where would you go and what would you do discovering what you're passionate about in life and what matters to you is a full contact sport a trial by fire process none of us know exactly how we feel about an activity until we actually do the activity that's something you got it recently already. So, All right. Um, so when I had, if I were to have to leave my house every day, where would I go? That's the question. Um, um, I think like if you had all day, every day, yeah. 
Okay. Mm, where would I go? <laughs> well, to different places every time because I'm not going to go to the exact same place every day because then I'm just going to kill myself at the end of it. Um, yeah. Very <laughs> it's, positive, yeah. I know. No, but just going to different places, like making a plan, a list of all the mm. places I could go in that amount of time and just going to one place every day, changing things up, meeting people, I don't know. Man, I'm not <laughs> sure whether I get weird to answer. Whether I even get the question right. I yeah, I, I guess it, it it gets like to the point of um what would you do if you were not a couch potato? <laughs> That's probably the the what the question wants to get at. I mean possible. Hmm. Or if I'm just but getting what, thrown what, out of my own house, the then idea. I suppose I would go couch surfing to all my friends. Like two weeks <laughs> at, at a place, checking them out, refreshing the friendship, um seeing new cities around Europe. <laughs> yeah. That reminds right. me of contacting a good old French friend of mine. Nice. <laughs> mm, are we talking about the same person? Yeah, probably. I mean, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what the Go question ahead. wants from me. Maybe we move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Man, Mark Manson, you should have really... Well, okay, he wrote a lot of he wrote a lot of stuff to it that I don't need to read. So it's okay what you did, Mark. It's okay. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, if you knew you were going to die one year from today, what would you do and how would you be... How would you want to be remembered? Yeah, that's a typical question, right? If you were to die in a year then... <laughs> or tomorrow, what would you do? Um, yeah, man, I'd oh, just man. go with my typical principle again. <laughs> Deathbed. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ultimately, death um, is the only uh, thing that gives us perspective on the value of our lives. Because it's only by imagining your non-existence that you can get a sense of what is most important about your existence. Sure. Mm, yeah, what would I do if I had one year left? Um, yeah, similar to you, just try all the stuff I've always wanted to try it and been either too scared of or been kind of delaying for the future saying you know thinking you know i need experience to start this or i need to first uh, i don't know meet the right person to do this or whatever um to yeah to just do the stuff honestly and uh, get as much off my bucket list as possible and <laughs> oh you have a bucket travel. list yeah, I have a bucket list for everything, man. I have a bucket list for the summer. I have a bucket list for, like, university mm -hmm. time. Those three years, <laughs> I have a bucket list for everything. Um, Not yeah. a party on it. So that's probably what I would want to do. Just try all this stuff because I, I would know that there there's no reason for me not to do it now. Because otherwise, I'm going to be dead. Mm. And I'm going to regret it on my deathbed and all that. So, yeah. Man, man, I'm not sure. Either I'm going to I'm going to continue same way as I always do, because otherwise I would experience a psychological breakdown because something's not stable in my life. 
and I'm going to die in one year, man. <laughs> okay. I need to, I need to suppress that thought. I don't know how how I would react. Um, I mean, I could talk as logical as I want about it. I don't know how I would react in that situation. Other than that, sure. man, I don't know whether I would continue um, studying physics. I mean, I really enjoy physics. Um, but I don't know whether it would be worth it to spend the last year of my life um, learning about it in a university setting more. Maybe just with books. And yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, okay, I'd need to continue studying physics to continue consulting because it's a student consultancy and. <laughs> I think I would. I think I would start out um, getting even more into philosophy, because that might be very okay. helpful for dealing with your death in a year <laughs> mm. and learning a bit more I, about the yeah, I mean, sense of life and stuff. And yeah, I, also maybe travel and blah blah. But that's a typical answer. <laughs> blah, blah, all, all the unimportant stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I I get the part with like getting more into philosophy and all that. But I think in this case, honestly, the best approach is to just become religious, accept that it's going to happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, to just accept that it's going to happen because no matter yes. how like anxious and stressed you become, it's going to happen anyways. So every negative emotion in this case, is just a waste of energy. Um, yeah, but man, sure, sure. You need but, to accept it, but I think it's still valuable to think about it. <laughs> mm, uh, philosophically. I mean, if I only have one year, I wouldn't waste my time thinking about how I should think about my death in a year. You know, <laughs> I would just focus on doing I mean, stuff actually, I think that's the most important life. question you should try to answer. What you should not question? just ignore it and uh, put it in a box and close it away until the day of your death arrives. I think that's the most important question you should answer in that one year. How how do you, do you want to face death? <laughs> well, that's what I said. It's going to be so. My approach is or would be that okay, it's going to happen in a year. Cool. So now I do all the stuff I want to do, and then I <laughs> die. That's my approach. It's not putting it away in a box. It's just accepting it. I mean, there's no, there's really no. But it seems like a fake accepting between. it because you didn't even think about it. You just said, okay, that would be the most logical thing to do right now. So let's put it in a well, box I and lock it away. It I, I, I consider that accepting it. I think no. No, and, but it's not. That's not. It's not locking it away. If I've already already thought about it and came to the conclusion that this approach is the best approach, because it's really no different from dealing with your death eighty years from now. Because, you know, it's the same thing. It's going to happen anyways. No matter how anxious you become, no matter how stressed you are that you're going to die one day, it's still going to happen. So the best approach is to just live your life the best way you can. And then at the, at the end of it, hopefully not have too many regrets and have lived a good life, you know. And if it's if it, if it were to happen in a year, that would be my exact same approach. Because, yeah, it's closer, but it's still going to happen the same way. Um, so, so you're yeah, saying, I, I don't um, the point. so you're saying, okay, your death in 80 years away is, um, basically not different from your death in one year away. And that's, uh, 
like okay i know that's a very very mean argument right now but that would also mean that okay yeah studying philosophy is useless if you can just accept it <laughs> and studying about your death no it's not oh if because no, it's not useless no, but you... i think Go ahead. <clears throat> but i think if i only have one year left then i wouldn't spend all the time thinking about my death you know <clears throat> or thinking about just theoretical abstract ideas because that honestly would be a waste of time i mean i didn't say think all the thinking. time about it <laughs> but yeah <clears throat> okay okay yeah but i mean i've already came to my conclusion and right. i'm happy with that conclusion i don't really need any more thinking for me to live my last 365 days you know you you sure it seems yeah you you, you sure you came to your okay, conclusion how, how already i think that's a process it? more more than how, figuring how it out before your 20s how how <clears throat> death might affect your life it it like in 40 years or so you might also think differently about it still i mean sure but i mean what what's your approach what would be your approach the exact same situation to, to deal to deal with it um it's difficult as i said i don't know first as a disclaimer i don't know how i would react in that situation <laughs> Okay, I have a good news. I have good news and I have bad news. Good news is you. The next year of yours will be awesome. Bad news is it will be the last of your, all of your years, <laughs> doctor. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Man, no, I I think it makes for for me as I said I did, I think it makes sense for me to get even more into philosophy um not into religion specifically because people are usually clinging to god in uh, situations that seem helpless and stuff but why would that dude help you out if you <laughs> if you if you never were religious before and only get to him in a bad situation <laughs> okay yeah point the argument but yeah um No, I think self-reflection and thinking about it would would be the best approach I could have there. And obviously, yeah, I know it's my last year and stuff. Um, traveling and the usual shit people come up with on their bucket list um, would be in for me as well. And in the in-between time, I, I definitely read a lot of philosophy, maybe of buddhism and that stuff that that's a fairer approach i suppose to, to come to inner peace about my death you know i have i have no exact okay, approach so, so so the purpose of you reading kind of about philosophy and buddhism all this stuff would be to find inner peace basically that maybe. is the purpose of reading or thinking about it maybe it's difficult okay. man it's difficult. i think that's i need to think more yeah, about yeah, I think it that's, um, from now on sure i think that's where we differ a bit i'm i'm just like yeah i'm already at the piece as, as it is <laughs> it isn't really much I, i'm not sure the thing I, is I, for I, me, I really can't believe you that man i it's it's like a process okay. where some buddhist monks take 40 years of their lifetime and you're saying yeah i'm not talking no, 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 not talking i'm not talking about that but i wouldn't Okay, if your goal is to get at inner peace like Buddhist monks, then also I wouldn't spend my last year it's trying not, to do that. No, it's not like uh, the Buddhist monk thing. I think it's 
the accepting your your death thing it's yeah but that, I, I'm, I, that I'm, i've already done i am not like sure already, whether that's actually the, what you mean with accepting your death or whether it's just like a fake accepting your death because i think the thought about dying really sh uh, unsettles everyone to some extent and you yeah sure it does it does also for me but i don't see the point being anxious about it that i'm not saying you need to be anxious about it, about it. i'm I'm just saying that you maybe are too quick with accepting it because that's the <laughs> easiest way at this point in time to just think to yourself, maybe to, 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 um, the typical brainwash yourself into thinking it, which we already talked about in what, what, why um, do you think I brainwash myself? I, I don't get it. Okay, so you're no, if you're, if you're telling yourself things it. long, uh, what I mean with that, um, if you're telling yourself um, something about yourself for long enough, you actually start to believe it. It's like a psychological effect. I don't sure. know how it's how it's actually called. Maybe, maybe that's something you also. Did. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I know. I know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to figure out why you think that I fall into that category. Because no, no, no. It, because it seems like you jump to the conclusion that you are accepted your death um, quite quickly, and that you're very sure about uh, about it. <laughs> that, yeah, because that, what's, that everything... what's the best? Of... <laughs> what's the, what's the other option? Like you can either accept it or you can become anxious your whole life because you're going to die one day. No, you can but also no like think about it without uh, being anxious and maybe you find some something you neglected before. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I am thinking about it, but it doesn't mean that okay. I can't think about it while also accepting it. You just seemed like... unreasonably sure about accepting it, about having accepted it already. I don't think there's I've... such a thing as being unreasonably sure of accepting things. <laughs> no, man, I think it, it is actually because so many times we think we are sure about something. Um, a little question can really derail us like um, a bit of the Dunning-Kruger effect style. Um, sure. Where you think you know more about a subject than you actually do. I mean, what what children are really good at is asking the question why, um, <laughs> and at some yeah. point you realize, man, shit, I never thought about it. I'm actually not so sure about it after all. And I'm I'm yeah. sure if we if we played that game, then we might find some some unsettling aspects about your your thoughts about <laughs> about death here also. Well, that's the thing. I think I don't believe that for accepting something, you have to spend a enormous mm. amount of time questioning your every thought about death. And I've done that myself. Mm -hmm. And I just came to the conclusion that the best way to approach this and generally what also like big stoics say is, you know, you're going to die, accept it. There's absolutely nothing I can change about it. It's completely out of my control, you know. And I generally just don't worry about stuff that's out of my control. Just that, like applying to university, <laughs> I've sent out my stuff. Uh, I, I'm not worrying about it anymore. Here. It's not on my mind. Very I don't nice. care. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the way I approach death. You know, it's just, yeah, it's going to happen. What else is there to ask? <laughs> like how much deeper do I have to go for someone to say, okay, you, you are now, you are now allowed to accept it. Like, yeah, I've accepted it doesn't mean that I haven't thought about it or that it doesn't upset me sometimes, but that's just the way it's going to be, you know.
Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe we have a different definition of uh, acceptance. Um, <laughs> okay. Because I also really much am in favor of the um, stoic definition of, of things. Like everything that's out of your control, you should not um, waste your resources on to worry about it. Um, accepting f for me means, yes, I, I am fine with the situation. I probably won't be able to, to change it, but I, I still should think about it from time to time. In a philosophic philosophical way, man, <laughs> um, or similar, sure. and your acceptance sounded a bit more like, okay, I fought over this topic now for maybe the past year or so. I think I'm done with it. Let's let's let it be as it is. I I am now in the position of having accepted death or the end of my life or anything else. <laughs> Well, no, I, I haven't said that it's, I haven't said that it's no good thinking about it. You shouldn't mm. think about it. And when I say conclusion, it's just that's universally without a question, the best approach to deal with death. I think, yeah. I think, I don't think there's any better approach than to accept it. Of course, accepting doesn't mean that you stop thinking about it and you stop, uh, stop, yeah. you know, considering I mean, philosophical or religious arguments or whatever. Um, and it's also not that I don't ever think about it. It's just that I don't worry about it and I don't get anxious about something that I absolutely cannot control. No matter how much I think about mm. it, no matter to how many people I talk, it's still going to happen. You know, it's not something like a university exam where, you know, the more I study and the more focused I am, the more, the better it's going to be. It's just, hey man, it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. And maybe it's going to happen at a time that's completely unexpected. Maybe you're going to have the privilege to die peacefully at 90 years old, you know. Um, that's just something I've absolutely no control over. And that's why I just don't worry about it all that much. Hmm. Okay, when you said... Okay, first of all, to sum up my position here, for me, it's accepting again doesn't mean to stop thinking about it and i think the the thinking about it from time to time aspect is very much important in every aspect and then i can also agree with you um that you can't can't come to the conclusion of really accepting your death maybe at this point in your life <laughs> um yeah to some level. Okay. yeah um other than that yeah I, I suppose, yeah, you should study stoicism um, because you easily said like, yeah, just leave out your emotions there and <laughs> and think about it in um, your little point here at the end. And that's not as easy no, for everyone as it sounds. No, it's emotions. Dude, it's not leaving out your emotions. It's just sometimes people have to be able to make like a little more objective it doesn't mm. mean leaving out your emotions but just a little more objective analysis of the situation and usually my approach is okay can i change something about the thing i'm worried about if yeah. the answer is yes if the answer is yeah i could i could work more or i could be more focused or i could uh, organize my time better sure cool that's nice i can do something to improve the ultimate outcome that i know it's is gonna come and with death it's to some extent, that's also true. I mean, I 
I can try to optimize the possibility that my circumstances at the moment of my death will gonna be are gonna be pretty good you know <laughs> i can try to live a healthy life i can work out i can spend time with my family i can do meaningful stuff and all that and even when death is gonna come and even if it's at an unexpected time i can still say okay but i've prepared to some extent i've been mm -hmm. living a good life and taking care of my family and all that and therefore i've improved the odds of me being content when i know i'm gonna die you know yeah um but at the same time if again come back to the initial question if it's gonna if it were to be my last year then i'm probably not gonna spend a lot of time thinking about it probably mm -hmm. the first maybe few days i'm gonna be completely in shock or whatever but after that it's just time to act man because i'm I'm not going to regret not thinking about it more. I'm definitely going to regret not spending more time with my family or not visiting more places or not trying out more stuff in that amount of time. Um, so it's basically just a cost-benefit analysis of the stuff. Am I really going to miss yeah. not thinking about stuff more or, I, or am I going to miss not experiencing more stuff, you know? Um, I mean, little thought on I that. I guess we could make an entire... Yeah, sure. we could make an entire episode out of that. But I, I really enjoy the discussion right now. Maybe a thought on that. If you just jump into action, that might lead, might lead to some regret at the end of your year. Like having thrown out the money of all your family out of the window and they're in huge debt or something right now. But that's another discussion right now. Um, I now, while listening to you, um, I think I got, a, I got a better description of summing up my point in this discussion. Um you were taking a very stoic approach to it. Like, okay, if it's out of your control, then again, you should not you should not worry about it too much. You should not put your resources in it, right? Too much. Yeah. 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 And okay. <laughs> The way you formulated it sounded like um what people would consider like the wise man in stoicism that already arrived at the, his destination <laughs> of of accepting everything and as you also know from yeah. your readings about stoicism of um stoicism in general learning about it it's not possible for anyone to come into this state and that's why i thought it was a bit more it was a bit uh of a hybris of yourself to think that you arrived at the destination already And that's why I said, okay, yeah, maybe you should overthinking it a bit more before uh, saying you completely accepted it before. But in your argument, you also said, okay, we were just trying to improve your odds of, um, yeah, of, of getting there, um, which you didn't say at the beginning. That's, that's why I was thrown a bit off. Is that maybe a way of summarizing it? Um... <laughs> Yes and no. Well, the thing is, dude, I think you just think about stuff way more, or at least about that kind of stuff way more than I do. I've never <laughs> thought about, okay, have I come to the ultimate conclusion of my life and how I'm going to deal with death? It's you are taking more of a pragmatic that, approach. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm it's just something just... that I approach like every other thing in my life, you know. At some mm. point, I'm going to die at some point i'm probably gonna get injured doing sports at some point uh, i'm gonna probably one day lose my job and be desperate for a few weeks or whatever you know at some point all those things are very likely to happen and with death we have a 
a hundred percent guarantee that it's going to happen. It's not even uh, like a 90% thing or whatever. And therefore I just try to approach this with the same pragmatism as I approach other things. And it, I definitely do not claim to be wise in any way. It's just <laughs> a, it's just a very, and maybe damn right very you are, man. way to approach it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's just a very convenient also approach to, to think about it. And as I said, usually I don't like to waste my resources thinking about stuff that I have no control over. This is just really my argument. There's no depth to it. There's no ultimate reasoning behind this. This is just my mm. approach. So However, you should put I your resources into becoming more... a better stoic. <laughs> I mean, that for sure. But uh, I mean, maybe you thought I had more of a underlying reasoning behind my argumentation than I actually did. And maybe, maybe. that maybe not. threw you off. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it was yeah maybe it also threw me off that that you were so pragmatic because i'm used to um yeah overthinking stuff a bit more <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah pragmatism definitely very well advised for daily life because at some point of time you have to to jump to to action yeah but well i really enjoyed the discussion um we should wrap it up now right <laughs> yeah it's time about yeah, 90 minutes um well now we're gonna know that we have to add death in the description hmm. passion and yes death. in sudden death well <laughs> <laughs> right um but what we've talked about kind of passion okay maybe i don't know do we have to summarize all of that we we just talked about different ways to kind of uh find your passion what passion actually means especially referring to that diagram of um finding your purpose or ikigai yeah. as it's called in you can't Japanese. we can't put that in our description right like you can't put images in there mm, no no, Man, no maybe but yeah. if, if you just google ikigai which is i-k-i-g-a-i -I uh you're gonna find it on google there are a ton of pictures hmm. Um, yeah, we've talked about that, about, uh, the self-determination theory, um, well, that wasn't more specifically about the self, <laughs> competence, yeah, kind of competence yeah. part and that people need to gain mastery of a, um, thing to kind of be able to achieve their goals and success <laughs> and whatever. We and also talked about, kind of like, maybe I wanted to kind of take over here. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, we also talked about different uh, aspects of like our starting points of where to find passion. You could um, start out by reflecting about yourself of what you what you really enjoy, maybe as in your childhood, and then you came in with the point of okay, yeah, man, um, just take off some time for it, a week, a month, some some time that you can really figure out whether it's something for you, whether it's something you can and want to be passionate about that maybe is also your passion. Um, other points would be meet new people, get different perspectives, surround yourself with people that are making a positive change in their life all the time. Um, yeah, and other than that, maybe check out Mark Manson's questions that are very fucked up in some places. And <laughs> maybe reflect about death because actually he's very right about it. Um, reflection about your own death is 
maybe the best way of figuring out your values and what you want to achieve and what you maybe don't want to hear on your deathbed. <laughs> or what you want to hear. Right. Nice, man. <laughs> I really enjoyed okay. the discussions. Those, this episode, they were more or less opposed. I cannot. I I agree or I partially agree. <laughs> oh yeah, man! It was it was refreshing. Yes, refreshing. <laughs> also have that. Like a lake in the mountains at fifteen degree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, guys, thank you so much for listening again. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope we managed to get you to reflect on your death a little bit and to give you some uh, good approaches to find your passion. And if so, consider to leave a like, subscribe, share it with your friends, family, cats and dogs. And hope to see you next bye, week. Bye bye, people. Bye bye. <laughs>